pray as we turn to the Word and ask God uh, for help this morning. Lord, I just thank You that You have been uh, leading us uh, not only by Your Word, but also by Your actions. Um, I thank You that You've given us an opportunity uh, to learn more about You. Uh, Lord, I pray that You would please help us uh, to really get something out of this that is life-changing, that is um, calls us to attention of You, and help us to grow in that respect, that we would see You more clearly. Um, and that we would see simple steps in how we can follow you uh, more closely. Lord, I just thank you for that, and thank you that we can be together today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So welcome to uh, City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We have been on a series that I am calling uh, Server, and we have been uh, taking a look at what <clears throat> Jesus had to say about this. Uh, we started out by talking about the attitude of a server. Then last Sunday we talked about the words of a server, how to use your words to serve. And today we're going to talk about actions. Uh, Before we turn to the scripture, I just want to remind you the context of this message. Context of this message is... Uh, from a place, just like the first time that Jesus started to teach, he start with that Matthew 5, blessed, right? Happy are the people that do this. And the way, in the same way that Jesus focused on the positive, and in the same way that Jesus spoke about the perspective of the satisfied customer, the person who has found healing in God, strength in God, provision in God, that this is from that same perspective. Um, I talked about it uh, last week. When I do the dishes, do I do the dishes because they have to be done and because it's more socially acceptable than smashing them on the floor? Do I do the dishes because if not, I'm, I'm going to get um, you know, the evil eye or something like that? No, I do the dishes because my wife and my children have changed my life and I love them. And when I do the dishes for other reasons, I can tell. Because how I feel about doing the dishes changes. Are you with me? But when I do the dishes because my wife and children have changed my life for the good, and I love them, it's a different perspective. Are you with me? Now, for some of you, that might be a lightning bolt. Now, we take the exact same approach when we approach these verses of Scripture and this idea. And I want you to know that in my mind, what we're talking about should be an essential part of the DNA, the characteristics, the, the smell, the look, the flavor of what people expect out of this church, out of us. This should be an essential part of our DNA. So while I believe in vacation and I love all of those that are on vacation and not here, and I'm genuinely glad about that and because this afternoon we're going to leave on vacation and don't worry, there's still church here the next couple Sundays. We've got great stuff planned for you. I, I'm, I'm glad about that, but on Sunday mornings here in our content, we are not taking a vacation. This is an important message. Are you with me? Right? So... I'm going to put the verses on the screen for you, but let's take a look at what Jesus had to say. So after they reached, uh, this is uh, starting off in Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37, and I'll have it on the screen for you. Mark 9, 33 through 37. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, 
Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. This is Jesus' way of saying, this is important. If you want to be in relationship with me, and therefore relationship with the God who created this world, who you will one day face, this is important. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. That's what Jesus is saying. He's saying it's important. So further on, Mark chapter 10, verses 43 through 45, Jesus said this, whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man, that's the way Jesus referred to himself, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is saying, this is connected to why I am here on planet earth, meaning this is so important that it's connected to the very redemptive reason that I'm here for the sake of the forgiveness of your sins. That's what Jesus is saying. This is important. This is connected. Are you starting to grasp that this is important? This concept of I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be dedicated, a faithful server, a helper. And Jesus' words are the words of an attendant, an apprentice, a collaborator, a server, a helper. That's what Jesus is saying that we should be. Now, Paul then takes that a next step here in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 2, which we've gone over a number of times. Imitate God, therefore, imitate God in everything you do. Now, are you starting to grasp that this is not just about Sunday morning? This is important. It's connected to who Jesus is, and it's about all your time, even in how you sleep, where you sleep, how you eat, what you eat, what you do with your money, what you do with your time, what you do with your energy. Jesus is saying all of that is connected to this. So Paul's saying, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Again, Paul connecting the redemptive function of who Jesus is with serving. It's important. So again, here as we've rebranded, renamed our church, if you will, to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. I want to introduce to us two really important words, a phrase, if you will, that are really helpful. Live love. When people ask you, what's your church about? You can say, live love. Live love. Live like Jesus and share his love. And this is easy for me to talk about today because You are people that are already doing that. So today, as we turn our focus to the actions of a server, I'm going to take you to John chapter 12 and verse 26. Again, this is Jesus talking. Anyone who wants to be my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am. 
my servants. Again, Jesus is using that word on purpose. Do we love Jesus? Yes. Do we just affectionately think about him like we're Twitterpated with him? Or is the relationship more than that? What is missing from some modern cotton candy, popcorn style Christianity that lacks depth is the function of our relationship with Jesus is to receive his love and be in a love relationship with him, a personal relationship, but also that we are his servants. In everything that we do, he is our Lord. Right? We are his servants. He is our Lord. Because my servants must be where I am. What I find is to be really important. Well, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, what I would like to do, what I think that I'm good at. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. How about starting with this question? Where is Jesus? Where can I be where Jesus is? That was a part of our call to move to Baltimore. It literally came to a place in our life of praying, fasting, reading the Bible, and asking God, where do you want us to be? That's what caused the turnaround that led us to Baltimore. As then God began to speak that he was here. We wanted to be here because he was here. My servants must be where I am, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. We're praying a blessing over Jimmy as he moves to Massachusetts. We've, we've done that uh, before, and praying that and honoring him because Jesus and the culture of being around Jesus is the culture of honor. Honor. Right? That's the culture of Jesus. That's what Jesus sounds like, smells like, tastes like. Carrying on John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor the messenger more important than the one who sends them. Than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I want to read uh, that whole chapter. Uh, that are verses 1 through 17. John 13, 1 through 17, okay? Before the Passover celebration... Jesus knew that this hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He, he had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for the supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son, son of Simon Iscariot, to, bes, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Now I want to remind you, one of the things that we say in our gatherings is that everything about Jesus informs us about God. Everything. That includes his actions, what he did. Now, obviously here in ancient times, uh, paved streets were few and far between. Right? There would be some streets in some cities, and certainly there would have been in Jerusalem where there was stone that was down. But for the most part, uh, travel was done on foot, and for the most part, the paths were dirty. And for the most part, you're talking about wearing sandals, and your feet would be dirty. And so one of the first, per- you know, in modern days, one of the first things a person does when they get into the house, they get health insurance, they get internet, they get a car. Right? 
there, what they would have done is hired someone to do things like help with food prep and wash the feet of their guests when they would come over. They would pay someone to wash the feet of their guests or they have a dinner party or something like that. It'd be a very common practice or at least arrange or ask somebody to do that task. It would have been, and the more status, the higher you would rise in status, the more lowly you would have thought that as a task. Now, we serve Jesus who was born in a stable and who washed feet, who got his hands dirty. When I see people who look like Jesus, they're people who get their hands dirty. If I want to find someone for a task, for a role, especially for something that is honorable, I look for somebody who already has their hands dirty with service. Are you with me? That's where Jesus is. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Jesus is saying this is important. Jesus, a lot of us think Christianity is, I'm just going to be gracious. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to move on. No, Jesus is saying this is important. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. She's like, okay, save the drama for your mama. This is, I'm just trying to teach you something. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. Jesus is serving in a humble way in the presence of the one who would betray him to his death. How do we act when we are being betrayed, mistreated? For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. I'm here this morning to say that we should be looking for an opportunity to serve each other. We should be thinking that way, feeling that way, looking that way. Serve each other in this room and, as Jesus did, serve those who betray us. Right? Well, I loved Justin and Becky's story. Becky shared uh, two, three weeks ago about how they were wanting to reach out into their neighborhood. And so set aside, right, time, energy, and money to prepare a meal, invited their neighbors, had some kind of good rapport, good response. And it was a one, one person showed. Late, really, really late, one person showed. And then what they did was they put together nine meals and took those meals to give those meals to the homeless 
food, so food would not be wasted, but also mindful of, right, what would Jesus do? Right? And then this relationship with this neighbor who we've met and, and worshipped with, right, who had been a musician, and described the love he had with the guitar, and, and he had described to us how he didn't have a guitar now because he'd smashed the last one he had. Right, we really loved music. Loved. I saw Justin Becky. He's got him sitting down in their home playing the keyboard for a long period of time. Right, and then what they do is they take their their second guitar and they loan it to him so that he can use it so that he can play. Resigned in their heart that they're okay if they never see it again. And then what happens? But they find out in conversation that he's pawned it for money. And then what do they do? They go with him to the pawn shop and buy it back. That's looking for an opportunity to serve. Right? That's, that's what it looks like. Um, not a whole lot of humans like to move. But that's one thing we do in this church to serve each other. We help each other move. Right? Yesterday I watched the Beattie family and probably had about a thousand different places to be yesterday. Because it's small tomorrow and like everybody in town knows them. Right? If I, if I, I could be anywhere in the city, if I'm with the Beatties or Val, somebody's gonna know one of them. Right? Somebody's, I'm always, I never, I never have to be fearful. <laughs> right? So, they come and they're helping Chris and Abby move. Right? Chris and Abby who come faithfully almost every Sunday, Eight o'clock in the morning to help set up so that you can have a place to find Jesus here. Right? This is how we do. Right? Chris and Abby just bought a house here closer to be closer to you. This is in little decisions and in big decisions. This is what it looks like. We're not done yet. Luke chapter 10, and I want to read uh, verses 30 through 37. Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37. Jesus replied with a story. Okay, so we've seen Jesus' actions, we've seen his teachings, and now it's story time with Jesus. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip. Now, Jesus often tells story without including ethnicity. This time he includes ethnicity because it's important. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan, Jesus uses that word specifically, a Samaritan was somebody who was of mixed ethnicity, a blended ethnicity, a long story to that, which we've talked about before, we'll talk about again. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him, going over to him, The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. 
The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Now, obeying Jesus' words in the actions of a servant include not only your posture, your attitude, your words, your perceptiveness, you paying attention to others. And we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, you not thinking that you are more important than everyone else in the world, but instead thinking of others as higher than yourself, not in a way that's self-deprecating and putting yourself down, but in a way that is a help, right? Paying attention to each other. So it's finding a need and meeting it, but it's also more than that. And I think while this is a actually a story of overcoming a racial divide and where there was tension and where there was urban violence. Jesus tells the story of a racial divide and urban violence because even the whole thing, like around here, we've had uh, people that have done this like bump and run, hit and run scheme to attack people and rob them at gunpoint, not knife point by bumping into them with their car first. So finding out like, how do you protect yourself from that? Right? So in this story, Jesus tells the story on purpose because one thing that they bandits would do is they would jump out, they would beat somebody up, and they would rob them, and then they would leave them there injured, and then they would hide, and they would wait for someone to come along to try to help them so that they could jump out and beat up the helper and rob the helper as well. So Jesus tells a specific story, not, about, not only about overcoming a racial divide, but also about urban violence. Relevant? Right? Welcome to Baltimore, hashtag, right? So Jesus talks about putting yourself in a place of danger so that you can be a help. But I want to go a little further and unpack this story with something that I think not everybody gets. And that is with six C's. Are you ready? The Good Samaritan had compassion. The good, good Samaritan had compassion. The good Samaritan had courage. If you want to put into practice that what we're talking about now, Jesus' words and his actions and his stories, if we're going to follow Jesus and we're going to actually do something about this, that this is what it's going to require of us. Compassion, courage, number two. Number three, creativity. The good Samaritan shows problem-solving skills. Right? Compassion, courage, three, creativity, four, commitment. He makes a commitment following, taking this guy, right, all the way to the end, staying, making sure he's alive overnight, and then telling the the innkeeper, listen, if the bill goes higher than this, I will pay it. That's commitment. Right? But that's where a lot of Christians stop with the warm fuzzies. But I want to point out something else. He has cash and he has credit. Okay? So we have one, compassion, two, courage, three, creativity, four, commitment, five, he has cash on hand. I never carry cash on hand. I just don't do it. Right? 
But it gives me too easy an out when people ask me for cash. Man, I got nothing on me. Right? He has cash. He has cash that is disposable that does not keep him from having food to eat or a place to sleep. Right? He has cash and he has credit. Now, in the ancient world, just like it is where my sister and brother-in-law live in Cambodia, it's the same there now, there was no such thing as credit the way we used to think about it. Visa, MasterCard, Discover, right? That did not exist. The only kind of credit that existed was in this kind of case, where he was a repeat customer of this innkeeper, and he made a promise, like write an IOU that was actually worth something. Say, you know me, you know I pay my bills, If this bill goes higher than this, I will come back and I will pay that bill. That is talking about your lifestyle. Oh man, have I ever hated the credit score, right? Because we owned a house in Portland. We had renters in it when we moved here, but the real estate market did what it did. We lost $100,000 on the house and we had to walk away from it in something that real estate agents and banks call a short sale. We couldn't support the mortgage. We had to walk away from it. It was the worst thing. I feel terrible about it. It was a really gut-wrenching thing to go through. But what happened as a result of it is that our, to- our credit score was in the toilet. You understand what I'm saying? Now, we, had, we did not have a perfect credit score, but we had a good credit score. Your credit matters. Your reputation matters. Your ability to pay your bills matters and whether or not you will live based on your values where with what comes in from the first part of what comes in, generous giving goes to God. That's There's the box right there at the back of the room and our website, that's what that verse means. Okay, a generous, whatever it is, whatever the number The proportion, the way we talked about this before, what Jesus described as generous is based on a proportion, right? That is first. And then from there, the decisions that you make with where you live, what you drive, what you eat are such that so that you can have cash and credit so that when you find somebody that has a need, you can meet it. What we see in the story with Justin and Becky and with the Beatties helping... Chris and Abby move, and with Chris and Abby moving into that house, is that each family has made value-based decisions with what they're going to do with their time, energy, and money, so that they can be available to help others. And that comes, cash and credit comes down to your time. So if if Ron and Lisa are at a place where they can't pay the light bill, the gas, the, the electric, they can't pay the rent on the house, the mortgage, whatever, then they're not over helping Chris and Abby move. They're out selling whatever they can sell to, to, to pay. You hear my, what I'm saying? Right? Making good value-based decisions, which is something we don't like to talk about because it's a whole lot easier. Like when I'm stressed out, I like, I, I spend my money and it makes me feel better. But the truth of the matter is that there is freedom, joy, And, oh wait, Jesus said it's better to give than to receive. We can be in a place where we can give and enjoy it. I remember the first Christmas where Rebecca and I actually had a budget for Christmas gift for the kids. I'm so happy. No credit card, right? We've been in those days too. But when you make decisions... 
to live by values, and then I have the cash and the credit to be a blessing to someone else. That's a good feeling. And Jesus talked about this stuff because he wanted you to share the joy. He wanted you to share the love. It's for your benefit. Not just, don't you think? I mean, Jesus turned rocks into bread. The person that you interact with, the homeless people that Justin Becky took the meal to, the Jesus can do it better without you. <laughs> but by setting it up so that you can be the conduit, the pipeline, the hands to give the gift, that's Jesus giving you a benefit. So it compels us to make these hard decisions, to live life in such a way where we can... But it's for our benefit. And we enjoy it. And it's good. So with the Good Samaritan had compassion, courage, creativity, commitment, and cash, and credit. These are really good goals for us to have. So how did these people who heard Jesus' story respond? How did they respond to Jesus' words? Right here. You see on the screen. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to come to Ephesians 6, 6. Servants respectfully obey your earthly masters, but always with an eye to obeying the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily. As Christ's servants, doing what God wants you to do. And work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. It's what I love about this church, whether it's setting up or tearing down for a Sunday morning or hosting a small group in our homes or what all the different ways that we serve each other, that this is a church where it's easy, where this is really just a reminder today. I'm not presenting new information. This is already how we look. This is already how we act. I love that about us. And that when you come to set up or tear down church on Sunday morning or helping with the Waverly Village Fair, Saturday, August 20th, that we're not doing that for Kristen, Ron and Lisa who live in the neighborhood. We're doing that for Jesus. That's who we're really doing it for. Let me just bring it back to reminding us from this Romans 12 passage that we've read each Sunday. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. I love that. So, we've talked about this as preparedness. This is small things. This is things like listening. This is also big things. And this is also a lifestyle that enables us to do this. 
So how, how do we do this? What, what are the things that we, even if we are in a hole, even if we are in a hole of debt or any overwhelmed with life and I have no spare second, here's a couple of suggestions of things that we can do in whatever state we're in in our life. Begin your day by acknowledging your need for God and the value of others in your life. Write down one word representing where you need God's help to see this today. That's a really specific word, where you need to see this. Thank God for your life and opportunities today. See, in whatever state we are in, we do have opportunities. Thank God for your life and opportunities today. Ask God for help in serving others. It's so important. And Jesus tells another another story. It includes somebody asking for help with helping somebody else. Ask God for help in serving others. Each day, each day, thank God for the people you encounter before and after you see them. End your day by thanking God for your life and the good that others brought into your life that day. Ask God for help in letting go of your frustrations. We all need help with that. Ask God to bless the people that you saw today. Will you stand with me and let's close with this prayer that's on the screen. Why don't you um, say it with me and I'll close this in prayer. Lord, please help me to be more aware of the people you have put in my life. Please help me faithfully love them help them and be a faithful display of your love for them. Thank you for this opportunity today. God, we thank you that you are a healer. You are our provider, that in you there is strength, that in you there is joy, that even when you give us a challenge and an opportunity by your example and by your words, Lord Jesus, that even that is for our benefit. It is for our good. I thank you for that. I thank you that you don't ask us to go through this life alone and without help. That we have each other, those that are in this room. Lord, we have each other and we have your help. So please help us to respond to this in a way that honors you today and help us to live it out this afternoon and throughout this whole week that we would be people who are servers, people who are helpers. I thank you for that today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.